Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of Federal Contracting Made Easy where it's our goal to take the complex world of government contracting and break it down into simple steps that anyone can master. This is episode number 96. Today, we're going to discuss termination for convenience. But before we get started, let's roll that intro. Termination for convenience. Those three words are something that no contractor wants to hear. After all, who wants the government to seek termination actions on their contract? But let's be honest, it does happen. Contract terminations can happen at any time. Sometimes the contractor is at fault, and sometimes the contractor is not at fault. Our goal for today's episode is to educate you on the procedures that transpire when the government terminates a contract. In addition, we will go over the resources available to both parties, government and contractor. Remember, the better educated you are, the better business decisions you can make. Up next, we'll go over contract termination options used by the government. Types of contract terminations. There are basically three types of contract terminations. The first one is the termination for convenience, otherwise known as a T for C. The second one is called a termination for default. That one is a T for D. And the third is a no-cost cancellation. Generally, contracts valued greater than $25,000 will contain a contract clause allowing the government to terminate the contract if the contractor defaults on the contract. The reason is obvious. The government needs to protect itself. The government will use a termination convenience clause when it's in the government's best interest to do so. If you have been following along with our episodes, you will notice that this is a common theme with the government. In essence, this allows the government an exit strategy. The government can now discontinue a contract due to technological developments that make the contract obsolete, or perhaps there is a lack of funding due to budgetary restrictions that allows them an out there also. Finally, the government can terminate the contract because the work is no longer needed, thus allowing the government to reallocate taxpayer money for something that is needed by the government. Essentially, this clause avoids liability for the government for a breach of contract action by a contractor. Next, we'll look at the Federal Acquisition Regulation References Termination for Convenience. 52.249.1-7 contains the sections depending on if it's a fixed price contract, if it's a services contract, if it's a cost reimbursement contract, those will each have its own section, but they're covered between 52.249.1 through 7. It is important that you review the clauses contained in your contract. Generally, these clauses are the only ones that the contracting officer can use. Make sure to go to the FAR and read about each clause. 
make sure that you not only read, but you comprehend what the clause is containing and what it actually means. Sometimes the wrong clauses are added to contracts. If you suspect that a clause is not relevant, contact your contracting officer immediately. Do this prior to performing any work on the contract. As we discussed earlier, a termination for convenience allows a government to terminate all or part of a contract for its convenience. When the government terminates a contract for convenience, they have to notify you in writing. The notice of termination must contain an effective date that the termination is effective as of, the extent of the termination, and any special instructions. What do I mean when I say the extent of the termination? Well, the government may not elect to terminate the entire contract, but only a portion of the contract. If the government leaves part of the contract intact, then you, the contractor, will need to perform the parts of the contract that the government did not remove. Next, we're going to discuss the termination notice. The termination notice will instruct the contractor to stop work immediately only on the termination portion of the contract. This includes any subcontractors that are performing work on a portion of the contract that the government is eliminating. However, the contractor and the subcontractor still must perform the portions of the contract that are not terminated. In addition, the government will settle termination claims from both the contractor and its subcontractors. Good to know, right? You must follow the instructions in the termination notice. If you fail to do so, you are opening yourself up for risk and expense. The government will include detailed instructions on the protection and preservation of all property that is or may be become government-owned. Do not, under any circumstances, continue to perform work on any portion of a contract that the government is terminating. The chances of you being reimbursed for your expenses is low. Next, let's talk about the settlement process. Because the government is eliminating part or all of your contract, they still have to compensate you for the work that you've performed and any preparations that were taken before the termination. In addition, the government is required to make a fair and prompt settlement with you. Generally, this will result in a negotiated agreement between both parties. The objective here is to compensate you fairly and fully for the work that you have done and any preparation that you made for the termination por- terminated portion of the contract. Also, a reasonable allowance for profit is included. This settlement is much easier in cost reimbursed contracts since you were reimbursed on a cost basis since the beginning of the contract. Furthermore, you are entitled to recover all allowable costs incurred in settling a termination for convenience. What allowable costs are you talking about? Oh, well, let's go through them. Costs incurred for work completed and accepted at the time of the termination. In addition, costs considered allowable, allocable, and reasonable. Don't forget your profit on the above costs incurred. And final closeout, demobilization, and settlement proposal costs associated with preparing a final cost proposal for submission to the government are allowable, less profit. 
As soon as you receive the notice that the government is going to terminate a portion of the whole contract, start gathering the above information. It's in your best interest to be as detailed as possible. Besides, you don't want to leave any money on the table. More importantly, the government will retain the right to approve or ratify any settlements made with your subcontractors. Once the government and the contractor agree to all or part of a compensation claim as a result of a termination, a written amendment is made to the contract. This is known as an settlement agreement. Your contracting officer will amend the contract accordingly. Under normal circumstances, a termination will stop regular payments to you under contract. However, since you may have money tied up in finished and unfinished products, materials, and labor, most terminated clauses provide you with interim financing through partial payment. In fact, discuss this with your contracting officer as soon as possible. In future articles, we'll discuss the rights for terminations for convenience and we'll provide with updated information. As always, until next time, be safe.